the season of Lent. We're going to be looking at the selected psalms of the day. So this morning we're going to be looking at Psalm 91. It's the psalm for Series C, Lent 1. Next week we'll get into Psalm 42, 43, and so on and so forth. I'm looking forward to, to working through these psalms with you. I do invite you to open up your bulletins to, to page 10 because right there are are the verses of Psalm 91 that we'd like to like to focus on here this morning. We'll begin by remembering that the Lord has, has brought us into His kingdom in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. They call this psalm the, the soldier's psalm. I don't know if you know this, but but many service men and women actually will will take a copy of this psalm. They'll they'll download it from the internet, and there's lots of ways that you can do that. And, and they'll make for themselves a little laminated card, little wallet-sized thing, and and take it with them and stick it in their their pocket. And, and the internet has made this especially easy, even though this has been the soldiers. Psalm literally since, since, biblical, since biblical days. Perhaps it's a soldier's song because of all of the lore connected with it. I mean, the stories and myths woven around Psalm 91 are fantastical. In some ways, they're actually absolutely unbelievable. There's a story, and this dates back, hundred years now, back to World War One, about the 91st Brigade. Get it? Psalm 91, 91st Brigade. It said that the, the, that the brigadier commander had his entire brigade print off this psalm and pray through it every single day when they were in the war zone. And this 91st Brigade, they, they were in battles, and you're going to have to excuse me if I pronounce these places wrong, places like Chateau Terry, Belle Wood, and Argonne. And, and while other units in this war suffered 90% casualty rates in these battle zones, it's said that the 91st Brigade didn't suffer one combat casualty as they prayed through this psalm every single day. Psalm 91. It's the soldier's psalm. Maybe you want a more modern example, like from the Syrian war. Syrian civil war. said that, that three women whose ministry is to go out and pray with Christians in Syria, they, they went out in an SUV one day, and they took enemy fire. And one bullet traveled straight through the motor without touching anything at all, and then it was stopped, literally stopped, in the plastic dashboard right in front of one of the woman's hearts. And invoking Psalm 91, they say, God bent the bullet. That's what they say. Psalm 91, the soldier's psalm. 
But even if we didn't have all these mythical, fantastical stories and testimonies that have to do with Psalm 91, maybe it's just the words that make this the soldier's psalm. And listen to what the psalmist writes. And we're going to, these are the verses that we're going to focus on, verses 9 through 13. If you make the Most High your dwelling, even the Lord who is my refuge, then no harm will befall you. No disaster will come near your tent. For He will command His angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. These promises, they're, they're, they're extreme. And for the soldier, we'd say they're actually very applicable, aren't they? No harm. Not even bump your toe against a rock. It says you're, you're going to trample lions and serpents and cobras and great lions too. I mean, we could say it another way. This psalm is saying... You are in such a protective bubble by the power of the Almighty that nothing bad can happen to you. But there's more. You you have a weapon that is so lethal that all of your enemies will just die. And you'll trample them. But there's more. Your Almighty loves you so much that He's going to send angelic commandos to walk with you every step of the way. There is no way that you will lose your war. Psalm 91. It's the soldier's psalm. And, and so, it is not accidental in Anyway, that in the most apocalyptic battle that has ever taken place on the face of the earth, in the most important battle scene that has the world has ever seen, that Psalm 91 makes an appearance. It was really quite a scene when, when the two spiritual titans of this world and the other world, Satan and Jesus, went at it. Jesus had already defeated the devil twice. He had believed God's word. He had quoted God's word perfectly. And now the devil, as if about to tap out, He reaches into his little bag of tricks and says, You want to believe God's word? Well, have I got a word of God for you? You know, the, the devil, he, he, he is no dummy. <laughs> he, he reaches for the word of God that threatens him the most. He, he reaches for the Word of God that can literally destroy him just by believing its promises. It's the Word of God that I think Jesus was thinking about, the soldier's psalm, as he battled our enemy, the devil, in the desert. The one that, that promised to Jesus that there's a protective bubble around him by the power of the Almighty. Almighty. 
The one that promised to Jesus that he would trample Satan's head. The one that promised to Jesus that angelic commandos were right there with him as he battled Satan. This is the psalm that comes into play. And so it happens that Satan preaches. He preaches on Psalm 91, verses 11 and 12. His pulpit is the temple. His audience is the Son of God, the Word Himself. And and it's actually a pretty good sermon, isn't it? We could say that um, he uses a biblical text to preach to Jesus. We could say that what he says is actually kind of spiritual, and he even has some practical application, doesn't he? He says, Jesus, this is what God's Word says. Now put your faith in it. Now, we could get sidetracked here for quite a long time if we wanted to, and and just note for ourselves that Some of the most insidious lies are spoken from pulpits. And some of the most deceitful things that are ever said are actually said quoting Scripture. We could spend really the rest of the sermon talking about some of those things, but we're not not going to because that's almost besides the point. So we're not going to talk really about diabolical sermons, but... We, we will note this, that what he says on the outside doesn't sound that bad. It's actually what he leaves out is the most troublesome thing. See if you can finish the sentence for me. He will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. Did you notice that's the part that Satan leaves out? Just four little words. He says, He will command His angels concerning you to guard you. So Jesus is then left to wonder. Will He guard me sometimes? Most of the time? Or all the time? Will he guard me in some of my ways, in most of my ways, or in all of my ways? You know, I I used to think that Satan's big goal here was to get Jesus to jump off the precipice of the temple. But that wasn't actually his goal. The the way that Satan wins this battle against Jesus is to get Jesus just to doubt for just a moment that maybe Psalm 91 is a lie. That, That if he jumped off the temple, he would just go splat. That maybe the Almighty wasn't strong enough to lift him up and bear him enough. And maybe the Almighty really didn't have angels there just to catch him. And if Satan could introduce just a creeping doubt 
that maybe, just maybe, Psalm 91 is a lie, then he wins. If it would have been me, I would have lost. I'll be honest with you. Heights and I just don't get along. I remember climbing up to the top of a, of a tall church in Ecuador, and there's no railings around. Those last few steps, my stomach was churning. And there's my wife. She's jumping around like a mountain goat on the top of this church, and I was afraid for her. I wouldn't have jumped off that church. But I would have had a creeping doubt that maybe, just maybe, the Lord's angels weren't there to lift me up and I would have gone splat. But not Jesus. That's the thing, not Jesus. He believed Psalm 91 and he believed it so firmly and so without a doubt that there was not a fiber in his being that thought, if I jump off, the Father's just going to let me go splat. In fact, he doesn't need to prove it to himself. He doesn't need to throw himself down just to see, just to see, is this Psalm true? So he doesn't jump. And he doesn't doubt. And he doesn't need to prove it. He just believes the promise. And he believed this promise is so firmly and so without a doubt that not even cold, hard nails could stop him from believing in the protection of God as Father. And not even being hung on a cross and not even his own blood dripping on the ground could stop him from thinking he will send his angels to guard you in all your ways. Not even the way of the cross could make him doubt God's promises. So perfect was his faith. So, the devil left him, we're told in the gospel lesson, and he returned for, a, for a, a, an opportune time, it says. And when does the devil return to tempt Jesus again? When he goes to the cross for you and for me. And there he dies in perfect trust. In Psalm 91. And he dies innocently and rises again triumphantly. And then, and then, we're going to confess this in just a moment, he descends into hell to stomp on Satan's head. To show the, show the roaring lion that he is, in fact, defeated by our great victor, Jesus. Join him in battling against Satan. That's what these 40 days of Lent are really all about. That we would join our victor Jesus in battling temptation and sin.
He's already won the battle. Satan is already defeated. Join him in trampling on Satan's head. You know, somebody asked me not too long ago, they said, Pastor Tim, what do you plan to give up for Lent? And I reached for the only thing that really made sense to give up. I said, sin. And they laughed. Well, yeah, five minutes later, I'll fall. And you know, this is a hard battle, isn't it? But here's the thing, and we both laughed if, we, if I was perfectly honest about it. But the more insidious thing about that little joke that we shared is how quickly we were defeated. We didn't even join in the battle against sin and temptation. Wherever you're weakest, wherever the devil would tempt you, join with Jesus in defeating Satan. Stomp on his head. Christian soldiers, you have before you the soldier's psalm. And this isn't a psalm just for people in war zones. It's really not. This is for people during the 40 days of Lent to go to war against Satan. Join with Jesus, your Savior, and stomp on Satan's head. Take hold of the promises and the fullness of Psalm 91 and go to war. Join with Jesus in standing firm against the assaults of Satan, and he will flee you. Descend into hell with Jesus and tell Satan, Satan, you lie. Believe the promises of Psalm 91. Amen.